What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Slam Dunk Pod. We got Chance back in it today. Uh, he's, he missed our last pod. We haven't talked to you guys in almost a month. It's crazy. There really hasn't been that much going on. It's summer, man. It's Sports summer. You know, we got sucks. that. We had that real good stretch there for a while where we were just getting a ton of news in the NBA. Well, clearly the NBA those two weeks just dominate more than some of the actual regular season does online. But now we're we're getting into the the dog days of summer i guess you could say um us being tigers fans we really can't talk about baseball i'd rather not talk about the tigers no no and so the best the next best thing to talk about is the lions the nfl season's right around the corner uh i think preseason starts next week or two weeks from now uh the hall of fame game is this thursday this thursday okay the week after is what preseason yeah okay and then i think college football is the first week first weekend might be this weekend i hope so I don't know for sure. But it's close. We're getting close, and I can't wait for it to start. But we've had, you know, a lot of good news coming out of training camp for the Lions. A lot of guys uh, showing out. Uh, one in particular that I just want to touch on real quick, uh, Jelani Tavai, he seemed, he's been getting a lot of first-team reps. Uh, he has He's sort of uh, uh, made some doubters, uh, quiet, quiet the noise they've been making a oh, little yeah. bit. Uh, he, he's sort of proving that, uh, that second round pick that he was made, uh, it, he fits that bill. He, he's been out there, uh, dominating second team guys, which is that, that's what you want to see from a guy that's going to be starting. You want to see him just take advantage of guys that he's physically better than. Exactly. And he's still getting, he's still getting by some guys on the, on the first team offensive line. So he's able to get some penetration in there. And so, uh, all things are looking good and it makes that second round pick not as, not as bad now with the results we're seeing. Oh yeah. I mean, you're scared because the guy came out of Hawaii, but like we said at the beginning, we knew everything about him back college. Dude was a tackle machine, very athletic, very downhill player, but we didn't know a whole lot about the coverage. We didn't know a whole lot about him just because he played in such a small conference, such a small school. Mm-hmm. But like you said, very good things coming out of training camp. The dude can wrap up and hit. He can come and beat some guys on the D-line. He could go on the edge and blitz. He can hopefully drop back into some coverage. I mean, like you said, second-round picks aren't supposed to be superstars, but they're supposed to be guys that can come in and probably start right away, and that's what he's looking like right now. Yeah, I mean, Jared Davis, you know, you hope that with the first-round uh, pick that he was, you hope that he's your your star linebacker. And if you can you compare a guy like Giovanni with him, hopefully he has some better coverage skills than Davis. Davis, you know, has struggled. Got better last year in coverage, but still had some had some bad points. I think he got beat. A, there was a couple of games where, where uh, there's some big possessions for tight ends that he, he – uh, let let them get let them get by and uh, sort of I think switch the momentum of some games. But you know uh, yeah, like adding adding another young guy like like Tavai next to him. You know Jalen Reeves Maven has been showing out a little bit in training camp. He he can get he can be the a good fifth or sixth option at linebacker or fourth or fifth option at linebacker. So you still got some guys there, and it's looking like the core is starting to the depth of uh, our defense is really starting to show. You know you mentioned earlier at cornerback Mike Ford has been has been having a good training camp, and that's that's good. You know, Matt Patricia talked about it a lot, uh, bringing in guys that, uh, just bringing in depth guys and bringing uh, guys you can utilize in a lot of different spots on the field. And so it, it's nice to see uh, this team finally coming into shape that Matt Patricia wants them to be in. A guy that we just grabbed off of the waiver wire, uh, Mike Daniels, a former pro bowler from the Green Bay Packers, uh, can't believe he was let go. I don't know what the reasoning was. I didn't. I haven't really. Yeah, read I didn't read a whole lot about that. Yeah, yet. I haven't really seen anything come about it. But uh, everything Daniels has been saying uh, sounds sounds great. He wanted to play for Matt Patricia. This was the he had twelve meetings and it, and the Lions were his last one. 
So he knew everything going into the meeting, what he wanted to see. And he saw that from this Lions team. And that's, you know, you don't see that in a lot of Detroit sports, I guess. You don't see big name free agents really picking uh, picking us to go to, you know, in Detroit uh, with the Pistons. Uh, you know, we have we have to trade for a lot of players. and But with the Lions, you know, you got uh, Trey Flowers coming in, a, a big defensive end, one of the top defensive ends in the, in the league. Uh, Mike Daniels, a top defensive tackle. You know, uh, hopefully we can re-sign Snacks and Slay, big-name guys. And, you know, that helps bring guys in. And, it, uh, you know, just going back to Daniels, though, that's, that's going to be a big impact guy on the defensive line for sure to add to Snacks, to add to Ajon, who unfortunately isn't at training camp right now. But just to add to that to that great D-line that we already had, that that's, uh, just tops off the great offseason Bob Quinn was able to have. Yeah, you're talking about depth. I mean, now that if you look at our interior defensive line, you're going to run 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. You're going to have Snacks and Mike down there, or you're going to have Ashawn coming in. Ashawn being your third defensive tackle is a blessing. And I've been thinking this for a while. Like teams, All teams in the NFL have good players, but now the Lions, we've had good players, but we've never had like the depth behind them because mm-hmm. injuries happen, things happen. Players have off games. You need now to be able start, to have guys yeah. that'll that'll step up in, exactly. those, in those low moments. Exactly. So now we have a good – I see people, like you said, mm-hmm. Mike Ford. Amani Warrior had a good day the other day. Freaking uh, Will Harris behind Tracy Walker and Quandre Diggs. These are guys that are not going to be stars. They might, might not even be really great um, consistent starters. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that can step up and come into the game. It's and depth, help guys. You know, yeah, you saw you saw with the Bears last year. They yeah. really built a lot of depth. They have a ton of dudes on that defense, and uh, I think that's a really good way to replicate it. You know, I you, you just bring in a ton of guys and. You you bring in the stars. You got to have the stars, obviously. But you just need guys that can that can step in for those little those little moments. I mean, um, there was another defensive uh, undrafted defensive end. I think uh, the name is the name is isn't coming to me, but he's had he's been having a good training camp. And so you know, seeing guys like that, guys that we didn't even have in our draft board, uh, coming in and tearing, uh, it up. tearing it up. You know, just adding more and more depth. Maybe they'll just be on the practice squad this year. Who knows? But, you know, it just adds for the future and just adds impact guys, uh, potential impact guys you have in the organization. Uh, we haven't even touched on the offensive line yet. There's been some moves there. Yeah. Um, Glasgow and um, Ragnow both moved to the right one spot. So Ragnow's the center now, and Glasgow's been playing a lot of right guard. They've been looking for the left guard. It looks like Kenny Wiggins is going to be that That's guy. That's what I've been hearing. But Crosby I mean, hasn't been playing very well. I think Crosby's just more of a tackle. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's kind of just a bigger guy to yeah, play and guard. Been, and they've been trying to use him at guard, and it just hasn't been working. And uh, I, I just read some things that uh, Jelani and um, there was somebody else doing some drills. They got by They got by uh, uh, Crosby pretty well in those drills. So. Um, clearly he still has some things to work on. But he's still um, super young, too. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really heard much about the Wisconsin offensive lineman that we that we signed. Yeah, um, Shell. Yeah, I was, hoping to, I was hoping to hear some more about him. Uh, but the offensive line is looking good. Taylor Decker's talking about how it's a real a real close-knit group of guys and uh, that's that's a really good thing to have with that group because I mean they're they're on the on the field together 99% of the time that yeah. that group rarely splits up and if they can have a great bond like that you know uh, being able to do a lot of things I mean you had it's just high school experience obviously but I've never played offensive line you know you know the intricacies of of that kind oh, of yeah. stuff you want to be able to have a good relationship with the guys to your right and left and, and trust that they know and the, to, what they're going to, going to do and uh, and really play off of one another. Oh, yeah, because offensive line is everyone's going to get beat no matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to make make a good move on you. Someone's mm-hmm. just going to run you over. The thing about having a close-knit group that you're talking about is that those guys will be able to pick you up and mm-hmm. say, hey, 
that guy's good, get him next time. So that's the thing, because you have an offensive line that's kind of like, they're all good, but none of them are really getting along. You have a guy just having a freaking terrible game, just getting beat on everything, not re- reaching his assignments, not going to second level. And you come in, just no one's got your back in the huddle. Everyone's just looking at you. It's like, you need to step it up. They're not giving you that positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Then you're screwed, especially if we have some younger guys like Glasgow. Ragnar's a second you know, second year player. Kenny Wiggins is still young. I mean, I think I think, Wagner, yeah. I think Wagner's really the only old guy, and yeah. he's going to be gone probably next year. So you probably. bring in another young guy. That group could really be around for this Lions team for for a good amount of time. You know, you don't see a lot of player movement in the NFL like you do in other sports. No, not You're at all. seeing more now. Uh, uh, you just see more big name guys leave. Uh, but the smaller guys have always tried to get. Yeah, one. they try to stay together. But there's, there have been, there, there hasn't been a, a ton of player movement, and so you hope that you can keep this group together because that's four young guys from the left, uh, from left tackle to right guard that I think only have an. Uh, I think Decker's the oldest. He's like 26, 27. Yeah. Uh, well, Wiggins, I guess, is thirty. He's been in the league for a while, but just yeah, but Wiggins it. is someone rather than our like future players. Yeah. Wiggins is kind of mm-hmm. like a stopgap until we find someone younger. Yeah, Wiggins is. De- uh, um, uh, Wagner at the on the other end, and so three of those guys uh, are all three of the last four drafts we've drafted them, and uh, we've we can really build around that. Um, what are some realistic expectations for this team? Because you know, I look at the Bears, and I think they're the favorite in the North, right? Oh, they have to be. And I, I just I I, I know you, I, we have some hometown bias being Lions fans, but when I look at the team and I and I compare it to uh, uh, Chicago. You know, obviously, I, I'm I'm probably going to trust the scheme Chicago offensively is running more right now, just because I don't know what Bevel what the plan is right now. I, I love what what we have on paper, but we just don't know. You don't win games on paper. No, no, <laughs> not yet. But just looking at it from the outside, I think you know from position wise, there's a lot of positions that we are better than offensively that, than the Bears. Um, defensively, we stack up just with them in about in, in just about everything. Uh, we don't have a, a big name guy like Khalil Mack, uh, but Trey Flowers is certainly no slouch uh, in their defense. So, do you think NFC North uh, competing for the NFC North with the Bears is realistic expectations for the Lions? Because one writer at the USA Today does not think so. Said that we're going to be three and thirteen, which that was just I, stupid. I mean, it was, even without hometown bias, I don't think, I don't know how you look at a team with that much talent brought in and say three and thirteen. Yeah, you don't know how the talent's going to work. But talent gets you at least six or seven. Yeah, I mean, you're going to luck into some crap. Yeah. I mean, you're going to just have some good games from some guys. I mean, of course. And there's tons of, I mean, there's just tons of good players on this team. And I, I just don't see how how somebody could say three wins is, is a realistic expectation. That's no. that's just crazy to me. But yeah, I think I think competing for the North is not out of out of the possibility at all. Uh, it's it's a it's not a super tough division, you know. You got the Bears. I think it's probably one of the tougher divisions of football. You think so? Because you have the Bears, second year under Matt Nagy, yeah. Khalil Mack, second year. A lot of those guys stuck around from that team last year. Mm-hmm. They're only going to grow together and get yeah. better together. Eddie Jackson's Pro Bowl caliber, Hakeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller. Those are some really solid pieces on the defense. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the Bears depends on Mitchell Trubisky stepping up as a quarterback and how the running backs are going to work. Now Jordan Howard's a Eagle now. Yeah. So their offense is kind of a question mark, but that defense is going to be even better than last year, I think, because they just have another year to grow together, mm-hmm. to figure things out. And then I look at the other two teams in their division. The Vikings would only go as far as Kirk Cousins could take them, because they have a really good team, too. They have some talent. They lost you know, some guys. Yeah, they, I mean, they were a game away last year from making the playoffs. Exactly. But the thing with them is Kirk Cousins is really good against bad teams and really bad against good teams. So they'll yes. go as far as him. And then you just Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You, I hate to say it because I, I do not like yeah. Aaron Rodgers. 
not on a talent basis, just because he threw a Hail Mary against the Lions, and I see it on social media every day. But you can't count the dude out because he's just such a talented quarterback. I think a reasonable expectation for the Lions for me this year is anywhere between the 9-7 and seven and 10-6 and six range. Yeah. Especially in the first year with a new offensive coordinator, this new talent, all the new talented guys we got are first-year guys in the mm-hmm. system. And I just think Matt Patricia takes that step so we can have some confidence in him. I see fringe plus. I don't see us winning the division just because yeah. the Bears kind of have that kind of lockdown. You know, and that, that's you know saying that they're going to win the division when they haven't in quite Ever. yeah forever so, yeah. So um, just saying that yeah they'll get into the playoffs that wild card. That's even like you said the second. It's only the second year under Patricia, first year under Bevel. Um, you can't expect great miracles to happen. I mean, even last year the Bears. This is sort of the the same situation the Lions are in with where the Bears are at. They they were under a new system with Nagy, and they were just trying to figure out some things. And you know, personally, I don't think Trubisky's the answer at quarterback. I think he still has some issues, uh, footwork wise. Um, I'm not I'm not sure he 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 still struggles there. He's undersized. Decision making yeah, decision making is bad. He has a good arm. There, there's been a couple times that I've been impressed with him, but I just don't know. I, I really like Matt Nagy. I just don't know if Mitch. Mitch can really be well, that see, the guy. The Bears' kind of mo for their entire existence has been really good defense and just a passable uh, quarterback. So yeah. it can work for them. So, yeah, it can work. The defense, wins especially championships, but. especially with the offense that Nagy's running too. I mean, it's a it's a very complex offense that defenses don't really know what's going on a lot of the time, and you can just have a really a, 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 a just a fine quarterback behind center like Trubisky is and get things done. I mean, they won ten games last year. Exactly, then, uh, they beat the Lions twice, and yeah. so it's. You know, it was a good recipe last year, and you know, like you said, they're just going to keep improving with all the young guys that they have. They lost a couple of guys because you can't keep everybody, all yeah. that, that young core. But you know, you, uh, you they're going to be coming back next year with basically the same team. They got the second best defensive player in the league, and uh, it's going to be worrisome. But I think the Lions and the in the Bears right now are the two best teams in the North, and uh, those two games are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I'm very, I might have to go to one this year. I might have to go up to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I might have to. Not much other NFL news to touch on, so we can just we can jump back back into the you NBA. Want to talk about Odell catching one-handers. He caught sixty-seven of them in a row. That's the Browns are going to be good. I that's I've said since I think last March that they're going to win the North. I've been I've been pretty. Luckily, everyone else is down. Yeah, that that too. I mean, well, John Har or Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, yeah, the, yeah, that Baltimore. Uh, he said today that. Uh, uh, Lamar's going to definitely break Cam Newton's rushing attempt record. Uh, that should be scary for him. He should be scared to say that. Yeah. Because yeah. Lamar Jackson is not built like Cam Newton. No, he's not. And I just, uh, it, yeah, it really, he, he's really built like RG3, and we saw what happened. RG3, RG3 broke his hand the other day. Yeah, throwing, yeah, he's out what, he, four, to six, can't stay four to six weeks. Yeah, and I, it, it, if he can slide well, you know, that you, you would hope that helps. Um, but he just can't throw the ball, man. He, and mean, he still can learn, but you, you're, you are right. They, he, it looks tough for him to throw consistently accurate passes. I mean, they won, they won games with him last year. They won six of seven to end the year. But, I mean, they were they were scoring like 18 points a game, and they had the best defense in the world at that. They, that those last eight games of the season, that was like the best defense in the league. Nobody was even close to them. And... So I mean, hey, if you're gonna have a great defense, that's how they want to. That's how they wanted to uh, Super Bowl with with Dilfer. 
with, oh, Dil- Dilfer. with Dilfer. Okay. Flacco was amazing in those when he was when he was playing for that those. one year. Got yeah, awarded, for those four was, for those Flacco, four games yeah. for those four games he was good. That's and all that matters. <laughs> and then he got a hundred something million. And uh, we all know what happened there. Now he's a Bronco. Yeah, now he's a Bronco. <laughs> Hopefully he can uh, do something out there. But uh, yeah, the, the division's down. You don't know what you're going to get from the Steelers, uh, the Bengals. Uh, you're going with uh, first year head coach. So it's the Bengals, and so this is kind of the the perfect uh, time for for the Browns to really uh, take take advantage of the North. I don't know if I'm ready for the Browns to be good. The Browns and the Lions winning the North. What do you think the odds are? Uh, the both the Norths. What I mean, I think the Browns' odds are better, but I think it's still long shot odds. If you said both, if you if you <laughs> took both, I think you can make some money on that. Though. I mean, how crazy would that be? The two. I mean, I thought just, I was biased. Just the doorstep. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go into the NBA though. Uh, the last big news that we sort of missed um, was the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, we talked about some potential ones. We never really talked about the Rockets because I didn't think the Rockets were even going to be in play. But Daryl Morey trades a couple of first rounders and Chris Paul for True Rockets fashion. No matter what, we need a yeah, second star. We need a second star, and Chris Paul wasn't it. And now Chris Paul is going to stay in Oklahoma City because nobody wanted to trade for him. I wouldn't trade for that contract. No, you don't he, want Blake and CP3 back together, right? He, no, no, I don't. Okay. I mean, I don't think Blake wants Blake and CP3 back together. So like that. Yeah, so like that's it. fine. Nobody wants it, so don't do it. So <laughs> that's going to be okay with me. Uh, my first reaction to the trade is a weird fit in Houston, for one. Um, Russell Westbrook was the worst shooting guard in the league last year at 30%, I believe, a true shooting percentage, something around there. Uh, and, you know, you're you're pairing him with Harden. You're probably, you, you would hope what D'Antoni's going to do, and which he did with Harden and CP3 for the most part, was he really staggered their minutes a lot where, they only really started and ended games together, and I guess the half they would they would start the half mm-hmm. together as well. But um, I the only time I really want to see Russ and Harden on the floor is in those beginnings and ends of games because, and I don't even know if I want to see it then because it's gonna be, it's gonna look real rough when those guys when you don't know who's gonna be having the ball in, in their hands because if James having the ball in his hands and Russ is playing off ball. There's no way I'm trusting unless that jumper gets better. He shot 28 percent the last He's two years from three. Player. No, and he he can't knock down threes. And um, if he's not taking six a game, that'll probably help. If he's only taking like three or four a game, and he makes, I mean, if he's still only making one up one of three, that's 33 percent. That's not bad. No, but that's still not something I want from my from my second star. So I just don't know how the fit's going to work. Um, getting to the rim, those two are two of the best players in the league at doing that. So that's that part of the game I'm not worried about. Um, but you can't both go at the rim at the same time. No, uh, Westbrook's going to be a beast on the boards for them. Obviously, uh, he's gonna he's gonna distribute the ball well. That's not going to be an issue. Just their game together. That's what worries me a little bit. The the fit with that those two on the floor. Everybody else is is fine. It's just. I don't know how those two will co how well those two will coexist. Yeah, I mean Westbrook and Harden are both top 15 players in the league. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with Westbrook you got to remember last year too is he did shoot a horrendous percent from the three-point line. But he was kind of the only guy on that team that was really offensively gifted. Like like he was. Like he didn't even have somebody next to him. Well, Paul like, George. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah I, Paul George. Paul George was playing at an MVP type level for some of the year. But at the end of the year, you know, uh, Paul George was having – that's when that's when Russ kind of started to, to, to revert back into his old ways because he had – he had to, to take care of a lot of a load of, of Paul George. He had, I think George was struggling with some shoulder stuff. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
Uh, Simmons talked about it all the time on the pod before they even announced anything. Uh, but um, I can't. We were talking about the. I forgot Paul George on the Thunder. That's last true. Year. You forgot Paul George on the Thunder <laughs> last year. Thunder. Yes. I was thinking last no. Year yes. Yeah. And so um, that it's just it, it it's it's weird to me. And Harden talked about Harden and Rosberg both brought up the fact that back when they were in OKC, they played off ball well together. But like. Harden wasn't hardened back then, and Russ wasn't. And yeah. Russ wasn't Russell. Like I don't I, like bringing that up. I I didn't think that was a fair comparison at all. You can't. You guys play. You are the. You have the highest usage. You are the two highest used players in the league. And now you're playing together. And now you're on the same team. You can't have seventy two percent of your usage rate be. You know, I should probably turn my ringer off every you time know, we do a podcast. Every time somebody texts me, and it's just... It's it, a good thing. It's like, yeah, it's we, not a podcast unless we hear a ding. Not, yeah, it's not. And uh, you can't, like I said, you can't have 72% of your usage rate going to two guys. I mean, yeah. I don't see how that would work, because Eric Gordon's going to want to get some shots up. Gerald Green's going to want to get some shots up. Austin Rivers going to want to get some shots up. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be scary. I mean, like, ball-centric. Two ball-centric guys on a team always scares me, like, mm-hmm. the sand. But I think Westbrook, for as much as like he likes to he got the triple average triple double, and some people even say he chased getting the triple mm-hmm. double. Some people might see him as a stat stuffer, someone mm-hmm. who likes to get the numbers. If he can slide into a role where he can be mostly a distributor and a um, rebounder, because he's a very mm-hmm. gifted rebounder for being a guard. Yes. If he can slide into that role and just be okay with just like whenever Harden's off the floor being the guy, and just he needs to accept the fact that Harden is overall a better basketball player than he is, but. I always still worry about Russ because his head is he's such an enigma about how mm-hmm. it works, how he runs. Wait, what is he actually for on the basketball court? Because he looks like he's a guy that wants to win. Oh, yeah, And I absolutely. feel like he will do anything he has to to get mm-hmm. the win, even if that means taking a shot on his uh, points averages. Which I still think there's no way he doesn't average at least around 18, 20 a game. I mean, he's going to get to 20. And Harden... He's, he's going to get his 20 points. Harden's going to get his 30. Like, that's that's going to happen. So that's 50 it, points for the Rockets, but where's the rest coming from? If yeah. Using those guys if they're, if they're using... If they are if they have a, a high usage... I mean, if, if if Russ is only getting 20, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be... It's 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 gonna be weird. That's to probably see the most interesting how, duo I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, I know how the other guys are gonna work together because mm-hmm. they're like those are the players that can do they can work with another. I mean, really, player. it's the same team except CP3 and Russ are. It's that's really all it is. They they brought back the same team. You got a guy that drives a little bit more than he shoots. Now, the, 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 yeah, they're pretty much the same. Yeah, it's the same. You're you just sw- switching those guys out. And Chris Paul wasn't a great shooter either. He was fine. He was better, he, than better than Westbrook. That's for sure. Like he wasn't necessarily an elite shooter by any means, but he's. I mean, he's, he's res- respected. certainly respected. You have to respect his three point shots. So, um, I don't know if I would put them in like my top four or five seeds in the West right now. There's a lot of teams in the West that I, I like: know. the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz. The Jazz, I really like. The Jazz are nice. Um, uh, you know, I still like the Warriors. I don't know if I'd say they're in my top five. But I think that that Steph and D'Lo are getting a bit uh, disrespected. I tell you what, like I know, like I, do people forget that Steph, uh, like what he's what he can do when he's on the people floor. When love he's, the crap. When he's the like he was the best player on that on that team. He's been the best player on that team the last five years. When Steph comes off the floor, that team gets worse. When KD, Clay, Draymond come off the floor and Steph's still out there, that team's still really good. And so he's still a top five player in the league. You're bringing in D'Angelo Russell. And I think Russell can play on ball with Steph off ball. And with Russell's a passing ability and being able to get by guys, 
Uh, you're going to have guys collapsing, and Steph's going to be able to find Steph's lanes. Gonna nice He's going to find some open shots on on the perimeter, and I think that's going to be able to work really well. I know we're bouncing all over the place here, but <laughs> I, but like I, that's just been something that's bothered me. Like people have been, have been talking about uh, these top duels in the league, and I do think that Steph and D'Angelo Russell should be brought up in the conversation a little bit. I think that's I think I know we haven't seen a lot of D'Angelo Russell. We only saw him be an All Star once last year, but he did take a huge step forward. He's going to a really good organization. Uh, playing against, like I said, a top five guy, the best shooter in the league, the best shooter of all time. Uh, you're playing for Steve Kerr. You've got a bunch of guys around you, some veterans around you. I, I like I like the fit a lot. I think they're going to be good. You bring back Clay after the All Star break, hopefully. Yeah. Um, this I think the team's going to be good. Um, I don't like I said I don't know top five. I don't know if I'd even say they're better than Houston yeah. right now. Just because... Uh, I think you tie it back to where we're talking about the Rockets. You're talking about two yeah. ball-centric guards. Denver is, also, by the way. Yeah, I, knew I, was missing, I knew I was missing somebody in the West. So you think about two ball-centric yeah. guards. That's kind of the case with mm-hmm. Steph and uh, D'Angelo. Yeah. The, 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 um, the difference is that D'Angelo and Steph both have established inside and outside games. Yeah. So that's the thing you can have with two ball-centric guys is like the drive-and-kick mentality. D'Angelo Russell can make some space on the inside, have guys collapse on him, and just throw it out to his Steph or Clay when he gets healthy. And it's also with it's also a thing where I've seen Steph take a backseat uh, on the court sometimes and like not have the ball in his hands. I have never once seen Russell Westbrook try to never. do that. Once in a while with Paul George when he was on when he was having but very that, rarely very rarely will he will he want to take a backseat and that's what worries me. I I think if he does want to, I think it can work, but. Like I've said, with like like people have been saying about Carmelo Anthony, that's why he's not in the league. He doesn't want to accept a role uh, that that's better for the team. And that's he all wants, the NBA is right He now. wants he wants his role to be. I'm going to go get however many shots I want, and I'm going to shoot from wherever I want. I'm going to take the worst shot according to uh, uh, advanced metrics yeah, in a mid range jump. Dumb contested. I'm going to take shot. I'm going to take a shot with one foot inside the three point line when I can just take a step back and get another. Another point. This like, is Carmelo. Yeah, that's Mel. But and that's the same thing with Russ. Russ wants to play his game, and I don't think he's going to want to take a step back. If he wants to, he's going into a situation where he's going to be with one of his best friends. You know, they've known each other since they were ten years old. Uh, I was reading some stuff. They played some AAU uh, when they were growing up together. Um, and you know, you're getting into a better situation. You know, he liked Paul George. He's always been a good teammate. That's never been an issue with no. Russ. It's just on the floor. He does a lot of dumb stuff. Stop taking dumb three. There, there's like like Kevin O'Connor talks about it all the time. He takes there's two or three, maybe four threes a game that he takes or shots in general that he You're takes. Like, why? What are you doing? That they're just there's dumb shots that you can give to somebody else who who's can a better them. shooter. Yeah. You can give that to at the time Paul George. You could have given it to KD. Give the ball to somebody who's got a better chance of making it instead of taking just dumb shots. It's not even like. You you were. It's not even like it was a smart shot that he missed. They're just dumb shots that are that are hurting his percentages and hurting hurting the way he plays the game and, and overall the team as well. Yeah, and overall the team and uh, dumb passes every once in a while. He's a good distributor, but every once in a while he tries to force some things. He's very flashy. He's very. He likes to make yes. the hard pass. And when if it works, he, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. If he just tries to to rein himself in and let Harden be the guy, because this is Harden's team. Let Harden be the guy. And and Russ really take that second uh, that 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 back seat to Russ or, or to Harden, excuse me, and um, you know dominate when he, when uh, Harden's not on the floor, but let Harden do his thing when he's out there. I think that's the best way it's going to work. I just don't see Russ mentally doing that because I think Russ is Russ, and that's that's just where I'm at with it. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. The West is stacked. 
I'm, I, there's there's like there's like twelve teams in the West that I think could make the playoffs, and the other three I think are like Memphis, uh, Phoenix, Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, I don't even think Minnesota can make the playoffs. No, with Cal. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, those are the three worst teams in the West, and but even like Minnesota is kind of a playoff team in the East, which like which, which is, is sad because that shows how weak the East is. Yeah, but I mean they are like well, I just think it shows how good the the West is. I think that West is so stacked. I mean they could they could have uh. A, I mean, I mean, you're gonna have like Giannis on the All NBA teams and stuff like that, but you could see like 10, 11 All NBA guys come from the West. Oh yeah, all those duos out there. They're it's stacked. The LA, the two LA teams might take four spots. Yeah, (laughs) but hey, we're in the Eastern Conference, so we can. uh, A little easier for us. We we can make the playoffs a little easier, and uh, the team is uh, is set. They got the 15 guys on the team for the Pistons. Uh, Christian Wood, they brought in off of waivers. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. Six ten out of New Orleans. Um, played in the G League like 20 games, 25 games I think, averaged like 26 and 12 with a bit of a jumper. He's like 6'10", hmm. back, he'd be like a stretch 4 or 5. I didn't know he um, averaged that many points. He, uh, in the NBA last year, he averaged 16 and 9 in like uh, 17 games he played in. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot of them, so you can't you can't, can't read too Thon. much. And Yeah, he can't be worse, he can't be much worse than Thon. Offensively, he's better for sure. Uh, defense, he can he rebounds the ball well. He's nice. I think uh, if he's going to be our backup center, I I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Oh, not at all. No. Um, but it looks like you know there's some there's some spots that uh, you just need to figure out who's who's going to be starting. But you have the ten guys I think that are going to play for the most part. We have about twelve on the roster. Uh, the starting lineup right now. Um, if I was going to to put something together, I would probably go Reggie Luke. Tony Snell, Blake, and Andre. I think that's our best five right now. Um, and then coming off the bench, I would go D Rose, Bruce, um, uh, Seku, Seku or Svi, depending on what. Svi, I think to start and then Seku eventually. Depending on what Casey wants to do, I think I, I think if Seku Seku just needs to add a little bit of weight. He he looked like he was a he was a little smaller than I was expecting in the in the one summer league game he played. Um, I just the the workout videos I saw of him, he he looked a little bigger. But he didn't look bad. Uh, he runs all the time. He he that look he looks good there. So I mean that's going to be good, especially in a second unit. If you just have a guy running up and down the floor, uh, D Rose and, and Bruce would be able to find him. So you got four or five on the backups. Yeah. Oh, uh, Markeith at four. Markeith Morris at four, and then um, probably right now I'm going to say Christian Wood at five. Uh, a lot of Pistons fans. I I've I've been reading some stuff on some what Pistons fans think of Thon and. They don't really see him as a five. Some beat writers don't really see him as a five. So I don't think it. I I don't want to slot him in there at the five. I I think if he adds a little weight, he could be a five. But he's mm-hmm. so skinny. There's not many he's fives. Skinny he can and add. uncoordinated. Yeah. That's every time I watch the game, I felt mm-hmm. like it was just a flailing of limbs. And he just he, he just seems like he's he, he just doesn't know where he's at sometimes on defense, and that's that's a little worrisome. I and mean, you he's don't still want super young. you don't want your guy. Oh yeah, but you just don't want your guy to get lost out there, if, especially down low against some of the. Best centers in the league that are in the East, like Joel and, and such, and so um, I think that's a good ten, though. Um, it depends on what you want to do with Luke and Bruce. That's the biggest question mark right now. I think it's more if you want shooting as compared to you want defense. Yeah, Luke's gonna end games. That that oh yeah, you're work. not gonna want Bruce Brown at four. No, not at the game. not at the end of the game. No, and so that's uh, I, I Luke's gonna play the most minutes at the two. It's just where do you want to st- how do you want to start the games off? And um, I think Luke would be if, if Luke's on the bench. That bench unit's really nice, especially if you go uh, shooting wise. If you got Luke and Svi out there, 
um, instead of Sekou. You know, you still got Langston Galloway, Kyrie Thomas, Tim Frazier, um, Thon, and then there's somebody else I'm missing because there's got to be a 15th guy. Uh, but I don't know. Um, but you, even like we were talking about the Lions, this team has some depth. You know, you've got a guy like Svi, Kyrie Thomas, Tim Frazier is a third point guard who uh, really showed out in his time in Milwaukee in New Orleans. I'm he, a big Tim Frazier. A guy, a guy who can play 25 minutes uh, or, or 25 games, excuse me. Uh, a year and sp- some spot time for if D Rose is hurt, Reggie's hurt. You want to give very much, yeah. you want to give them some rest. You know, maybe they're in foul trouble. You know, if if you're in foul trouble and you're going to Tim Frazier, that's not bad. I, I that's a that's a good looking uh, uh, third third string point guard. Uh, Svi could be a third string guy. Kyrie Thomas is a third string guy. Langston Galloway, uh, he might get traded. You don't know what's going to go on there. I feel like he pro- if someone's going to get traded from that team, it probably will yeah. Be Langston but Galloway. I think you got to you know you keep you keep those contracts because maybe you add it on just as a contract filler for a trade. You know, I think that's what yeah. Because Galloway's like yeah. every trade deadline, everyone's looking for like one more shooter. And yeah, Galloway's a perfect candidate for one more. shooter. Yeah, you might as well just might maybe get rid of him or something. It's like Wayne Ellington last year when we picked yeah. him up. It's mm-hmm. like, we just need a shooter. Yeah, and uh, but I wanted to get your opinion. Mm-hmm. On, because we do have Derrick Rose now. Yeah. Lots of people, not really beat writers, but lots of Twitter people like that like talk about sports. Mm-hmm. They want they talk about D Rose being a starter. Yes. They talk about moving Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson having D Rose start. I'm gonna say personally, just give my opinion first. No, okay. but I want to hear what you think. What like what do you think about D Rose as far as like stepping up in starter minutes, or his like do you think he just needs to like kind of be reined into his role? So when D Rose was brought in, you know, you know the D Rose stands are coming with him. Oh, of course. You know that's going to happen. And uh, having cult-like players on your team... Uh, it's scary. It's good and it's bad. You know, when it's good, it's 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 really cool to see because you get a, a ton of love on, on Twitter. You get fans more in the yeah, city. You get, the yeah, you get a ton more people. But then when it's... when uh, the, the bad side of it is this. Um, when you have these stands just raving for Derrick Rose and wanting him to start. And he has like five big games to start the season. And I know Reggie Jackson isn't great, but what we saw from Reggie last year uh, is that he can he can potentially play 82 games. He played all 82 last year. Um, he's a much better spot-up shooter now. He's a better spot-up shooter than Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is, a mu- is probably a better playmaker getting to the rim right now. I, uh, Derrick Rose is probably Derrick a little Rose better. Derrick Rose gets buckets. He does. But the shooting ability is not there. And you can't have him on a starter's load playing 82 games. He played like 50-something last year, I think. If he plays 62 games this year, I'm going to be thrilled. That is what you're going to want from D-Rose. He's going to play 20, 22 minutes a game off the bench. And that, that's his role. That's what you're going to get from him. Exactly. And you can't ask for much more. He's, a really, he's still a really good player. He's had 50 last year. That's not he, He's still good. But you're going to get more of the just mediocre bench uh, backup point guards uh, type games uh, from from Derrick Rose than you would uh, putting him in big minutes uh, and seeing start uh, uh, bigger games from a starting role. Uh, Reggie's going to give you more of that. Uh, and Reggie, and I know people don't like Reggie, and uh, and it's people that don't watch a lot of Pistons games that don't like Reggie. They just see Reggie Jackson every once in a while do some dumb stuff. Because, yeah, Reggie's got his hero ball he does at the end of games, and it's really annoying, especially when you have Blake out there who, who should be having the ball in his hands. But, you know, three years ago, or a couple years ago, he was uh, he was the best fourth-quarter scorer in the league. Uh, he, he mounted a huge comeback against Portland Forest. I think we scored 40 points. That was, like, at the beginning of the year, really started this, this trend for Reggie. 
And uh, I think it gets into his head a little bit that yeah he can he can go try to get buckets in the fourth, and that's a, that sucks a little bit. But every once in a while it works. And I like Reggie as, as a starting one. I think he's a solid starting one in the league. Derrick Rose is a, is probably the best backup point guard. If uh, he's at least a top five backup, point I think guard so. In the yeah, league. but he should not be starting. Give him spot starts if Reggie's out. That's it. That's that's the only starting that Derrick Rose needs to do. And uh, just physically, his body can't take it. No. He's, he's, well, he's, what, 30, 31 now? Yeah, and... He's the, older, he's had well-documented injuries. We know, yes, we know what he's gone through injury-wise, and it's just not it's not the right fit starting-wise. He he knows his role. He know, he wasn't coming in here to be the starter. No. He knows that. He knows that he's a backup pointer. He's ball. He, yeah, he can do that. Yeah, and uh, this is a good group of guys for him to be around, I think. And it, he, I think he's going to run the second unit, and he's going to be uh, really loved by a lot of Pistons fans. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I have his jersey on the I, way, hopefully. I really want to get a D I hope I really hope they bring the teal alternates back. I've been seeing a lot of I've been seeing a lot of stuff. They about always them. tease it. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. <sighs> they gotta bring something back because we have all our alternates. The the Motor City the, the Motor City with the stupid tire track in the middle. I mean I I don't like any of the alternates. Do I don't you know. like any of them? No. I miss the red ones. The red ones would be awesome. The red ones would be cool. The, I want the red ones, but like a little bit different. The old red ones would be cool with the with the piston on it, like the Grant, oh, yeah, the yeah, Grant yeah, Hill yeah. red ones. Those would be cool. Anything from that Grant Hill era, I'd probably yeah. Get back. Oh, there's so many good jersey opportunities that they can do. I mean, and we just we're just scared of throwbacks. I think we just want to be like the new team. We want to be like the modern. Yeah, and which like, when our, our logo is just a basketball. But all our all our alternate jerseys are the, like the two alternates we have are the exact same, except one has a tire track in the middle of it. I think the other one's like a slightly lighter it's gray. It's like light gray with light yeah. red and blue, which I like that one. That's nothing crazy. Yeah, it's it's bland. It's, it's the the stuff we have is so bland, and I just it's, it's like just, the Lions alternates. It's just gray. I, I think the Lions jerseys are nice. I really actually do like all the Lions jerseys. Big jerseys got over here. Yeah. Big jersey pod. Big jersey pod. Next next week we're gonna t- we're gonna rank the top five MLS jerseys of all time. Be sure to uh, to listen in I'm on that. I'm excited for that. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, probably the LA uh, LA Galaxy are gonna be one. Chicago uh, Chicago Fire maybe. No, Chicago Fire is boring. Yeah, I'm a big uh, big Atlanta United guy. Seattle had some has some good ones. Oh yeah, it's neon green. Yeah, that's if you you have yeah if you have a neon green jersey, it's gonna be it's back in Madden the Seahawks green with the the breast cancer awareness month the pink and the green like bubblegum. Yeah, dude, I was hungry. That was great. That was (laughs) was great. Um, Well, I think that's that's all. It's this is a short pod, but I really summer man. Yeah, it's summer. There's not much really going on, but uh, you know. Uh, hopefully next week. Maybe there's going to be a bunch of trades that we can we can talk about. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, in what mm-hmm. NFL? <laughs> NFL trades, maybe. If we had an NFL trade, we'd probably that'd talk be, for an hour about that'd it. That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Yeah. Um, we might do. We probably do one more podcast. I'll be going back to Grand Rapids here in a couple weeks, um, and then we'll have uh, we'll start it back up once schools schools back. But like I said, we'll probably get one more podcast in. Chance, nice having you on again. Oh yeah, it's always a pleasure. Go follow us. Right or uh, like, rate, review. Whatever you got to do. All your support helps, guys. All the support helps. Thanks for listening.